Chapter 41 of The Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter 41 Day, Twilight, Darkness. In their homely sitting room, with old Dulcibella in friendly attendance, Mildred Tarnley found Alice. It is not always that a dreadful impression makes itself immediately manifest. Nature rallies all her forces at first to meet the danger. A certain excitement of resistance sustains the system through a crisis of horror and often for a long time after, and it is not until this extraordinary muster of the vital forces begins to dissolve and subside that the shattered condition of the normal powers begins to declare itself. The scene which had just occurred was a dreadful ordeal for Alice. To recount, and with effort and minuteness to gather into order, the terrific incidents of the night preceding, relate them bit by bit to the magistrate as he wrote them down, make oath to their truth as the basis of a public prosecution, and most dreadful, the having to see and identify the spectre who had murderously assailed her on the night before. Every step affrighted her. The shadow of a moving branch upon the wall chilled her with terror. The voices of people who spoke seemed to pierce the naked nerve of her ear, and to sing through her head. Even, for a moment, faces kind and familiar seemed to flicker or darken with direful meanings, alien from their natures. In this nervous condition, old Mildred found her. I come, Mom, to know what you'd wish to be done, said she, standing at the door with her usual grim little courtesy. I don't quite understand. Done about what? inquired she. I mean, Mom, Tom said you asked him to be ready to drive you from here. But as Master Han come back and things has changed a bit here, I thought ye might wish to make a change, mayhap. Oh, oh, thank you, Mrs. Tarnley. I forgot. I've been so frightened. Oh, Mrs. Tarnley, I wish I could cry. I'd be so much better, I'm sure, if I could cry. I feel my throat so odd and my head so confused. It seems so many days. If I could think of anything to make me cry. Mildred looked at her from the corners of her eyes darkly, as if with a hard heart. But he thinks she pitied her. That blind woman's gone, the beast. I'm glad she's away. And you'll be the better of that, Mom. I'm thinking. I was afeard of her almost myself ever since last night. And Master Charles has gone too, but he'll be back soon. He'll come today? she asked in consternation. Today, of course, Mom. In an hour or less, I do suppose. And it would not be well done, I'm thinking, Mom, for you to leave the Grange till you see him again, for it's like enough he'll a-changed his plans. I was thinking so myself. I'd rather wait here to see him. He had so much to distract him that he may easily think differently by this time. I'm glad, Mrs. Tarnley, you think so, for now I feel confident. I may wait for his return. I think I ought to wait. 
and thank you mrs tarnley for advising me in the midst of my distractions i just speak my mind mum and counsel's no command as they say and i never liked meddlers and don't love to burn my fingers in other people's brews so you'll please to mind mum tis for your own ear i speak and your own wit will judge and i wouldn't have master charles looking askew nor like to be shent by him for what's kindly meant to you not that i owe much kindness nowhere for since i could scour a platter i ever gave work for wage so you'll please not tell master charles i counselled ye aught in the matter certainly mrs tarnley just as you wish would you please wish anything to eat mum inquired mildred relapsing into her dry official manner you'll lose heart miss if you don't eat you must eat thanks mildred by and by perhaps mrs tarnley like many worthy people regarded eating as a simply mechanical process and wondered why people affected a difficulty about it under any circumstances somewhat hard of heart and with nerves of wire she had no idea that a sufficient shock might rob one not only of appetite but positively of the power of eating for days alone for one moment alice could not endure to be haunted unintermittently by the vague but intense dread of a return of the woman who had so nearly succeeded in murdering her and with nerves shattered in that indescribable degree which even a strong man experiences for a long time after a murder has been attempted upon him perfidiously and by a surprise the worst panic comes after an interval of many hours as the day waned more miserably nervous she became and more defined her terror of the dutchwoman's return that straggling old house with no less than four doors of entrance favoured the alarms of her imagination often she thought of her kind old kinswoman lady windale and her proffered asylum at her snug house at olton but that was a momentary picture no more miserable as she was at the grange until she had seen her husband learned his plans and knew what his wishes were that loyal little wife could not dream of going to olton she remained there as the shades of evening darkened over the steep roof and solemn trees of carwell grange and more and more grew the horror that deepened with darkness and was aggravated and distracted by the continued absence of her husband in the sitting-room she stood listening with a beating heart every sound which at another time would have been unheard now thrilled her with hope or terror old dulcie bella in the room was also frightened more a great deal than she could account for and even mildred tarnley that hard and grim old lady was touched by the influence of that contagious fear and barred and locked the doors with jealous care and even looked to the fastenings of the windows and caught some faint shadows of that supernatural fear with which alice fairfield had come to regard the wicked woman out of whose hands she had escaped now and then when appealed to she said a short word or two of reassurance respecting charles fairfield's unaccountably prolonged absence 
but the panic of the young lady in like manner on this point began to invade her in uncomfortable misgivings so uneasy had she grown that at last she dispatched tom when sunset had come without a sign of charles fairfield's return writing to wickford tom had now returned a bootless errand it had proved at wickford he learned that charles fairfield had been there had been at squire rodney's house and about the town and made inquiries his pursuit had been misdirected at wickford is a house of correction and reformatory which institution acts as the prison of ease to the county jail but that jail is in the town of hatherton as charles would have easily recollected if his rage had allowed him a moment to think tom however made no attempt further to pursue him on conjecture and had returned to carwell grange no wiser than he went end of chapter forty one recording by john brandon